0: Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans the daily podcast covering your favorite team the New Orleans Pelicans in NBA as a whole part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day available on iTunes Apple Podcast Google Podcast Stitcher Spotify literally wherever you get your podcast from I'm your host Pelicans Insider credential member of the media and editor over at lockedonpelicans.com Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Wednesday midweek edition of Locked on Pelicans. And a game day here, not in the Crescent City, but in Sacramento. A big game for the Pelicans as they try and march towards the 8th seed to get into the playoffs. This is a team also vying for in the Sacramento Kings. We'll touch on that in the third segment. Get you set for the game tonight. But before we do that, we've got a couple of things to cover. First, ESPN, and I missed this a couple days ago, has their top 20. 25 players under 25. How many Pelicans are on there? Do I like the rankings? We'll take a look at that. And then Niccolo Melli and Zion Williamson. We've talked a lot about Derek Favors and Zion, but what about Melli and Zion? And what can we learn from that pairing so far this year? So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So ESPN's top 25, under 25, it's like one of those lists that none of us are ever going to actually get to be on, but would be kind of cool. But you know what? Three of your Pelicans are on there, and that in and of itself is a pretty cool thing to see. You've got uh, Zion Williamson at number two, only behind Luka Doncic, and frankly, I don't really have a complaint about that. Luca is in his second year as a player and is an MVP candidate, like a fringe MVP candidate, not someone who's going to win MVP, but he's certainly kind of in the discussion, which, you know what? Frankly, in your second year... Pretty cool thing to do. I'm also watching the Orlando Magic-Grizzlies game right now, and Terrence Ross just hit a 3 to put the Magic up 5 with 43 seconds left to go. Magic are my new favorite team other than the Pelicans in the moment here. That'll probably change by the end of this. Um, But go Magic as I record this. I'll give you guys, obviously, an update when it is over here. Um, So, yeah, it makes sense that Luka's number 1. Zion being 2, having only played under 20 games in his NBA career, Pretty unbelievably cool, too. They talk in the article about how rough he is defensively, and he's not good on that side of the ball. That There's a couple of offensive things he needs to work on, too, like his handle, like getting two dribble moves, anything like that. But the key with this is he's got a lot of room to grow, and that's okay because he is already this good. If he does one little thing and changes it and improves upon it this offseason— He's going to be even better than what he is already, and he's really, really good. The only thing that's been slowing him down right now is not actually hitting a rookie wall. It's teams are defending him differently and kind of seeing him a little bit too, so it's on the other Pelicans to really help him out and to open up his game form, which we'll talk about in the next segment with Niccolo Melli. The fact that he's this raw and is already this good... Unbelievable. And that has to make you super excited. Brandon Ingram comes in at nine. That also makes a lot of sense. You know, he's got an unbelievable season going on right now. He's made tremendous strides in his game. He's likely the front runner for most improved player. And frankly, I did the Locked On NBA show today. I co-hosted it with Nick Angstad of Locked On Mavs. And his pick for most improved player was Brandon Ingram. And that's a pretty wide open race, but it seems to be that it will be Brandon Ingram with a lot of guys who are like very well qualified for this. Pascal Siakam who won it last year could get it again. You got a guy like Bam Adebayo who's has a similar story to Ingram's this year and making that leap or a guy like Devonte Graham from Charlotte. All of these guys are really, really good players and It should be Ingram's to lose. Maybe Duncan Robinson out of Miami, too, I guess could be a name for that. But it's Ingram's to lose. And when you make your game that much more efficient, which he's doing with that three-point shooting, going more towards the rim and less of that mid-range, though that mid-range for him is a very, very good shot, you've got to, like what you see. And if he can figure things out with Zion, and again, they haven't played enough games to really be able to figure all of that out. Sky's the limit for him, but an all-star at 22 years old, able to lead a team like this, and he did come through in the clutch against the Miami Heat, only a good sign. The final one was Lonzo Ball at 25. We talked a lot about him yesterday in the past couple of days because he's been really good for the past month or so. And ranking him at 25, yeah, that's about right. I don't think he fits on most teams. He fits perfectly here. And I think if another team wanted to overpay him, they easily would. Should he get to restricted free agency? And if the Pelicans don't want to kind of make an offer for him and want to let the market decide, he'll probably get money thrown at him. There's a lot more money that in two off seasons than this coming one. And frankly, a young guy like that, who is maybe one of the best, uh, one of the 25 best players under 25 certainly could go and get paid. So, We'll see. But yeah, that seems about right. And I kind of like what we're seeing from him in this team, but it does make me a little bit scary for the future. But three players on on ESPN's 25 under 25. Very cool thing to see. One year removed from the Anthony Davis stuff. Who would have thought we would have been here? Now, you know, you might have disappointed expectations this season, hoped it would have gone better. But the future still looks good, and it was never about this season. It was always about years coming. Um, In particular, kind of projecting like four or five years down the line is when it's like, oh boy, this team. So, very cool to see. It doesn't normally go this well in a rebuild, but I will caution this all a little bit. You know, we've been here before with, you know, Anthony Davis and him being the top player under 25 when he was under 25. And the roster that they had of young guys and Eric Gordon and others... And it didn't work out, but it does feel like this is much different from before. Maybe it's because there's new leadership at the top, kind of new, renewed commitment from ownership as well. But man, kind of scary to kind of tread down this road again, given everything that's happened. But I feel much more confident this time. So we'll get to Niccolo Melli and his impact with the Pelicans, particularly on Zion, But before we get to that, I want to share with you all one of my favorite little life hacks that I have. You know, free time is tough to come by. You're busy working. You've got a lot going on in your personal life, too. And when you don't have that free time, you can't read or work on any sort of personal development. But there's an incredible app that solves this problem, and I highly recommend it to you all. It's called Blinkist. Blinkist is really unique, it's on your phone, on your tablet, web browser, wherever you need to get it from. Blinkist takes the very best key takeaways, the need to know information from thousands of non-fiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. Successful people like business leaders are well-known for reading lots of books, learning more, constantly growing. And now you can too with Blinkist because it makes it easy to finish a book during your commute or on your lunch break while you exercise wherever you find 15 minutes or so. And 12 million people are using Blinkist right now. And it's got a massive and growing library from self-help, business, health to history books. Blinkist has the latest titles from bestseller lists as well as classic nonfiction titles you always meant to read but never had the time to. I absolutely love Blinkist because it helps me get the key takeaways of book in just 15 minutes, and all of a sudden, I can start incorporating all of those new learnings into my life immediately. And with Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want, all for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash NBA to try it for free for seven days And save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash NBA to start your 7-day free trial. And you'll also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash NBA. So we talk a lot about rookies on this team. And one we kind of forget happens to be a rookie is Niccolo Melli just because he's a little bit older, but hey, we don't age discriminate here on Locked On Pelicans. so let's look at Niccolo Melli here, the big man coming off the bench for New Orleans and doing a number of really good things. He's struggled to start his uh, career here in New Orleans, but once the calendar turned to 2020, things have been much better. He's played in 26 games, he's shooting 40% from, the, from beyond the arc, and he's averaging... points per game. That's better than his season long average of 6.8 points per game and 36% shooting from three. He opens things up a good bit and it's kind of needed. And he's been a bit of a steadying force for new Orleans this time. He's taking four threes per game, by the way, and hitting them at a 40% rate. That's very, very good. And he's uh, increased his rebounding as well. He's doing this all in 20 minutes per game. He's got three starts in there as well. When the team's been a little bit injured. So, we know Zion does well with Derek Favors, but I wanted to take a look at how he does with Nikolo Melli as well. And at one point, they had a positive net rating together. And then when I took a look at the numbers uh, last night, today, that has changed a little bit. They actually have a negative net rating out there on the court together. It's negative 0.5. So about neutral zero, you know, I think it's safe to say. And Zion's got a better net rating when Nico is on the bench. And Zion is on the court, meaning he's paired next to favors. So right now it looks as if in terms of just those pure data-driven numbers, that Melly and him aren't the best pairing. And it's not even as good as when it was like a positive five net rating. So what's going on there? And again, it's just one of those things that in these small sample sizes, numbers can swing kind of wildly. They haven't played a lot of minutes uh, together out there on the court. They're averaging 11 per game. It's not much. There's just not too much to read into with that because things can vary wildly from game to game. One thing that doesn't really vary wildly, though, is looking at Zion's shot profile when Melly's out there on the court, particularly with a team starting to kind of scheme into Zion a little bit more. You've seen the Wolves run zone against him, the Mavs run zone against him, and the Heat run zone against him in an effort to try and take him away. And when you pair him against... With favors, that 2-3 zone can kind of be effective. It makes it really hard for Zion to get the ball inside and try and score in the post like he's been doing in dominant fashion all season long. So when you look at his shot profile, though, with Meli on the court versus Meli not on the court, and I'm doing this per 36 minutes, Zion does a whole lot more damage at the rim. So if you go to shooting by area and do it per 36 minutes, Zion would be taking um, 60... Field goal attempts in the restricted area with Melly on the court, and he converts those at 62.7%. When Melly's not on the court for 36 minutes, it's Zion hit that number drop to 47.6. He shoots it a tad bit better, um, Uh, 63.3%. But that's negligible, I think. But the fact is, the restricted area is much more open for Zion when Melly's out there. The eye test tells us this. The numbers tell us this as well. And when you look at Melly off the court, you see Zion taking more threes, kind of drifting a little bit further into the mid-range as well. And that's not what you want to see whatsoever from him you want to see Zion doing this um, with being in the restricted area and trying to score as close as possible and if you break it down by the the exact numbers you're seeing Zion take more field goal attempts less than five feet so more or less in the paint on things here um than he would be if Melly's not on the court it's 54.9 to 44.6 so you're seeing this from Zion that Things open up inside for him with a stretch big. So having a guy like Melly, even if their net rating isn't great together, and that probably has more to do with the defense than than offensively, even though the offensive rating drops when Melly's out there on the court with Zion, I think the spacing and data you're gathering on this is important. A lot of this season, yes, you're trying to make the playoffs. Yes, you want to get in. And by the way, Memphis lost, so hooray, go Magic. You're my new favorite team for today. They want to get as much data on what works around Zion as possible. You don't get a full season of this, so you're kind of condensed on what is useful data and film for you to look at and how you construct a roster around this guy. And very clearly seen that a stretch big next to Zion in the front court with Zion playing the five and going small is something that's effective for Zion. So if that works around Zion... That's a two-man pairing you can build around as long as you get the right other three guys out there on the court to kind of fill in some of the deficiencies, whether it's defense or what have you. Or maybe you just know it's a stretch big. It doesn't have to be Melly for the future. You just know that you want one of these guys when you need Zion to go ham, basically, down low. So overall, this is really good to see. The net rating who cares about right now... But the fact is, a stretch big does pair well with Zion Williamson. Now, one that can defend a little bit better than Melly would certainly be an important thing. Like, Miritich would probably be the ideal dude to pair next to him because you're seeing Zion kind of get picked at defensively. And then if you don't have another big out there who can kind of protect the rim a little bit too, it's rough. Or Brooke Lopez would be a great one to pair next to Zion Williamson here. So something like that would maybe work. But you know that that's kind of the general type of player that you're looking for and that does really well with Zion, or unlocks Zion even more. So even if some of the numbers aren't great with Melly and Zion, the concept of a player like Melly, but maybe better than Melly, certainly is a good thing. So we'll get to tonight's game coming up here in just a minute. But before I do that, don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from here Monday through Friday for y'all breaking down everything you want to know about this team. Tell a friend about the show. Please leave a five-star review with a comment. I've seen a ton of new ones come in. I can't thank you all enough 30 seconds out of your day is actually pretty generous given all that we have going on right now. So I appreciate everyone taking the time to leave a quick comment and a five-star review. But also, please, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. So it's a game day for your Pelicans as they take on the Sacramento Kings, a game that has even more importance now than we would have expected when this season started. With the Sacramento Kings kind of quietly getting into playoff contention behind some pretty stellar play. New Orleans and the Kings going into this game are actually tied. They're both 28 and 36 and both now three and a half games back behind Memphis. The Kings, since January 22nd, are three and eight a day. They kind of shook up their roster, bringing uh, bringing in Kent Bazemore. He made his Kings debut in that game um, and sending out Trevor Ariza. And they've been pretty good since then. They've done some tinkering with their lineup and their roster in terms of rotation and roles. So Buddy Heald after starting a number of games 44 has gone to the bench and he's leading that second unit. You've also got other guys in there who've been doing pretty good with that so far. Kent Bazemore being one of those guys. So you've got the starters with De'Aaron Fox in his 20.4 points per game. 7 assists per. One of the faster guys in the NBA and who's come Pretty clutch for them at times. Harrison Barnes just kind of being a steady dude. 15 points per game. Five uh, rebounds. Two and a half assists per. He's also shooting 38% from deep you've got Rashawn Holmes who's been great for them 13 points per game eight rebounds as well and they've kind of gone on a very very good run now that people have settled into their roles there was some friction with Buddy Heald and head coach Luke Walton about all of this but it seems like they've kind of worked through some of that and Buddy Heald having full command of that second unit has been thriving. He's averaging 20 points per game, five rebounds, three assists. He's doing it on uh 40% shooting from deep on basically 10 attempts per game. It's been awesome and lights out. He doesn't have the full trust of the coaching staff and you've seen him kind of left on the bench during some very key and pivotal times, but it's, Working. They right now have the fifth highest scoring bench in the league during the stretch that they're on right now after a pretty slow start. This is going to probably be the key to the game. New Orleans needs to get something from their bench in this one. You're going to need Melly to have a good game. You're going to need Josh Hart to have a good game. You're going to need some quality minutes from Frank Jackson, probably on Buddy Heald, guarding him and trying to shut him down too. And if those guys are giving you very few points or not scoring nearly as or not shooting nearly as well, New Orleans and their starters, which are probably better than the Kings, might be in for a whole lot of trouble in this one. Also, now with the right rotation in the back, court this perimeter unit for the kings is aggressive they force a lot of turnovers and we've seen how turnovers are a big problem for new orleans and that is not (laughs) what you want to see whatsoever this unit pokes the ball loose gets their arms in the passing lanes and that alone could beat new orleans pretty pretty hard uh the kings though give up a lot of threes They are going to play against you and you're going to be able to take threes against them. You're going to be able to make threes against them as well. I think that's something to kind of keep an eye on because they're not the best shooting team. They're not bad, but they're not amazing on the year. They also want to play a little bit slower. So if all of a sudden New Orleans starts to race up and down and score on them, they might kind of panic a little bit thinking they can't keep up with that scoring load. And that's probably a key way to beating this team. They're a very stout team on the defensive glass. So you're going to need Zion to get some of those second chance points and really just not waste opportunities on offense in this one they're okay on the perimeter but they do more of their damage by trying to drive and score on you and getting inside uh, but they don't do a good job of drawing fouls which you know what maybe new orleans can get an advantage there too so this is an important game and this team is playing well and if you can break down their defense a little bit and and get out and run against them, it puts them kind of on their back heels because that is not their style of ball. So we'll see how it goes, but this is an important game for New Orleans, and this is one you can't drop anymore. You've you've used up all of those. Every game matters. Basically, Alvin Gentry said it is all playoff games from here on out. So this is going to be a fun one. This is not the Kings of old. They're playing significantly better uh, since the All-Star break, since the trade deadline. We're going to see how this one goes, but I cannot wait because meaningful basketballs Basketball games in March are few and far between here in New Orleans, so I like to see this. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Don't forget, tell your smart device. It's fantasy basketball playoff season. You need to know who to drop, who to add to try and get an edge and win your league. And Josh Lloyd, host of Locked On Fantasy Basketball, just tell your smart device to play Locked On Fantasy Basketball. He's got all the advice you need to help you win money and bragging rights over your friends.